The FT. Greece has become the first developed country ever to go into arrears with the IMF today. I'm Martin Arnold, the FT's banking editor, and I'm here to discuss the default with our economics correspondent Ferdinando Giuliano, our retail banking correspondent Emma Dunkley, and our investment banking correspondent Laura Noonan. Today's news really takes the whole Greek crisis to a new level of concern both for financial markets and for the eurozone system itself. What are the main implications of this, Ferdi? We knew this was coming. The Greeks have tried to avoid it several times with some creative ways of shuffling around money and then by bundling all the payment on June the 30th. But June the 30th has come and the Greeks don't have enough money to pay the IMF. Now, what does that mean? In practice, it doesn't mean so much because the IMF still has a little bit of time for Christine Lagarde to tell the board that the Greeks are in default. And anyway, the credit rating agencies have already said this has no implication for the outstanding bonds and bailout fund, the EFSF, is also very unlikely to accelerate its own payment, meaning demanding payment now. However, this is still a sign that Greece doesn't have any money to pay its debt at the moment. And this can have consequences for the European Central Bank, which needs to decide what to do with the money which is lent as an emergency tool to the Greek banks. Now, at the weekend, there's already been a big decision by the ECB. It said, we are not going to raise the amount of money which will provide as an emergency liquidity to the Greek banks. That has led to the capital controls and the closing of the banks. Now, the question is, will they raise the haircut which they take on the assets which the Greek banks have pledged to the ECB? If the ECB raises the haircut, then Greek banks will have to pledge more collateral in order to get a given amount of liquidity because the collateral they're pledging is deemed to be of lower quality by the ECB. And the worry is that Greek banks don't have enough. Just don't have enough if the haircut is raised. Now, that could mean really big, big trouble for some Greek lenders, the weakest ones. It's a big political decision. Obviously, there is a referendum coming up on Sunday. I'm sure many central bankers will prefer to just say, look, let's stay in this kind of frozen limbo until Sunday. Take a step back. I mean, doesn't the ECB, Ferdi, have a responsibility for financial stability and increasing the haircuts on the collateral that they have against these loans, these emergency liquidity assistance to the Greek banks? That clearly would not help financial stability at all. It would do exactly the opposite. That's one view. The other view is we should only provide emergency liquidity to solvent banks. Now, The Greek government is not solvent at the moment because he's not able to pay the IMF. So because Greek banks are so entangled with the Greek government, then they're not solvent. That would be the kind of Bundesbank hawkish view. Lutheran type view that they can't pay their debts, so they must be put into default. Well, of course, that's the big political decision because the minute you pull the plug, then that means essentially Greece will have to either bail-in depositors on a dramatic scale, which has important political consequences or most likely print some new currency in order to recapitalize the banks. So pulling the plugs on ELA is a dramatic step. Before this referendum at the weekend, the ball is very much in the court of the ECB and we'll be watching them very closely. Now, what about the foreign banks and their exposure to Greece? Emma, you've been doing some work on this. Who's most exposed? 
Well, taking a step back first off, there was actually a meeting yesterday between Chancellor George Osborne, Governor of the Bank of England, Mark Carney, and a number of senior ministers, obviously focusing on the UK. And they came to the conclusion that the UK financial system has quite limited exposure to Greece, although the eventual impact on the wider economy should not be underestimated. But they pointed out, and figures also show, that banks and the financial system have done a lot to reduce their exposure to Greece over the past six months specifically. So figures show at the end of last year that the UK had some $12 billion of exposure to Greece in lending and other types of exposure. By comparison, Germany had about $13 billion and France only about $1.6, less than $2 billion essentially, so a lot smaller. The banks in the UK have done a lot to whittle down this exposure in the last six months specifically. So recent figures from the Bank of England show that the major British banks and building societies have some $3.2 billion of exposure. And of this, only $31 million is to Greek banks specifically. Now, analysts say that HSBC is the worst affected. They had about $6 billion at the end of last year, and we've obtained figures that show they've managed to almost half this over a three-month period. So at the end of the first quarter, they had about $3.5 billion exposure. So they've significantly whittled that down. OK, I mean, the banks won't necessarily lose all of that money, even if there is a new drachma that's introduced. I mean, it'll just be massively devalued if those loans are converted into new drachmas, but it won't all be lost. Um, Laura... You've been looking at some of the wider consequences for some of the Central and Eastern European banks that are owned by the Greek banks and what that might mean. Yes, yeah, so the Greek banks would always have been big lenders traditionally into some of the Central and Eastern European countries, particularly Bulgaria and Romania. Greek banks have actually been cutting their international operations as a result of their numerous bailouts. So they aren't as big as they used to be, but they're still certainly big enough to be a concern. So we are already seeing the regulators in those countries trying to take steps to reassure people that in the event that there is a Greek catastrophe, that it isn't going to have too big an impact on the international operations of the Greek banks. So fortunately for the countries involved, most of these international operations are actually done through their own standalone subsidiaries. So they're ring-fenced, so in they a are sense, ring with fenced. their own capital. They do have their own capital. We had the EBRD saying these are all well-capitalised and these are all liquid in their own right. So the idea is that in theory, then the regulator in that country, in the event of the parent bank going into default, can actually seize control of the local subsidiary, which should have enough assets, enough liquidity to look after itself. Yep. That's how the theory works. In practice, panic comes in. People on the streets, they hear a Greek bank is lapsing in Greece. They hear Greece is leaving the Eurozone and defaulting and they panic. They yep. go down to their local Greek bank and they start taking out all their cash and then things get messy. So that panic is mm-hmm. what people are all trying to avoid now. Yeah, And yeah. I, think, I think that's the point which could be made more generally. There is direct exposure to Greek banks, but there is indirect contagion. And that's the big question mark mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. What will happen on the stock market, what will happen on the bond market. Now, on Monday, the day was pretty bad for all European stocks, all global stocks. But actually, if we look at the contagion, for example, on peripheral government bonds, it was limited. And that's because the European Central Bank has changed its stance over the last few years. Now, we know Mario Draghi will go and buy up government bonds if needed. He he can do it. He's buying 60 billion a month. So that's a lot. But that's been so far so good. But in case of Brexit... Will that be enough? Mm, We shall see. Thanks to Ferdinando, Emma and Laura, and from me, Martin Arnold. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed listening to this, you might like to try our Hard Currency podcast presented by me, Roger Blitz, the FT's currencies correspondent. Each week, I discuss the main talking points in the markets with experts in the field. 
You can find our latest show at ft.com slash podcasts every Thursday. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.